Declan Brady wasn't somebody who was appearing in the Sunday world for 10 or 20 years, pixelated or unpixelated. He was a regular guy to all intents and purposes. This guy who operated genuinely under the radar and was able to, to function for a long, long time. He was the guy who was making arrangements, logistics, planning and controlling the practicalities of the drug distribution business. I'm Nicola Talent, and you're listening to Crime World, a podcast about criminals, drugs and the sins of the underworld in Ireland and across the globe. He was the Kinahan cartel's Mr. Nobody, a seemingly ordinary businessman who'd foraged a living hiring out bouncy castles and later running his own transport firm. But behind the scenes, Declan Brady was one of the most senior mob men in Ireland. And this week, along with his wife Deirdre and mistress Erica Lukacs, he pleaded guilty to laundering blood money for the Irish Mafia. So who was Mr Nobody? And how was he identified as a top target for the Garda's Drug and Organised Crime Bureau and for the Criminal Assets Bureau? Today, I'm talking to Sunday World Deputy Editor Niall Donald about the weapons cachet primed to kill, about the lavish spending spree that uncovered his secret fortune, and about the one thing Mr Nobody has left to lose. This is Crime World Extra, a podcast for sundayworld.com. People who knew Declan Brady around the Kildare area would have certainly thought that he made his money through renting bouncy castles or inflatable sumo suits because that's what he claimed to do. He later set up his own haulage firm. But by all intents and purposes, he looked like a really successful businessman. Um, he had a wife in one home, a mistress in another, and Behind the scenes, there was a huge amount of money. We just heard a little bit about that this week, Niall, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, he, he Declan Brady wasn't somebody who was appearing in the Sunday world for 10 or 20 years, pixelated or unpixelated. He was uh, obviously earned the nickname Mr. Nobody because because he was he was a regular guy to all intents and purposes. Um, but the, this week in court, you heard... Just exactly how much, how central he was to the operation of 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 the Keenan cartel in particular, one of their chief lieutenants, Thomas Bomber Kavanagh, and there was just you know I presume there was huge amounts of money going through. This is the money that came through in court, where we heard that there was um one point three million euros being uh, laundered, um between. Declan Brady, his wife and his mistress, um, a huge amount of money being spent on on um, on uh, at his daughter's wedding in in Druids Glen. I think was cost upwards just over sixty six thousand euros was spent. So this was an absolutely somebody who was operating at the very top of, top level of the cartel. Now we've described Declan Brady before as a kind of a one of. Bomber Kavanagh's chief executives as such in Ireland. He was looking after his weapons, um, his shipments and his transport. Um, Now, Declan Brady, as you said, wasn't appearing in the Sunday world and he was a Mr. Nobody. The first time I think we heard his name 
was in January of 2017 when a huge weapons cache was raided just outside Rathcool. And he, along with some others, were arrested. Now, there was a record amount of arms found that time and four in particular were cleaned and loaded and ready, as the guards believed, to be used in the Kinnahan Hutch feud. Um, Declan Brady had his transport company registered to that premises. It looked like it was a Irish wing of a, a legitimate firm that existed in the UK, but actually it had been set up like that on purpose. Um, so Brady, I think when we looked back and we sort of just scrabbled around to try and find out who he was and where he was, I remember sitting probably with you in the office and we went through those photographs we have of David Byrne's funeral, um, which we've spoken about before, which was a show of strength for the cartel. Thomas Bomber Kavanaugh was front and centre at it, as was Fat Freddie Thompson. But I think as we looked through them, we saw him in the background. Yeah, he was a few rows back from the the chief mourners, um, but clearly um, he was wearing the what became, I think, known as the the, the cartel uniform in terms of the suit and the the, the white uh, or the the blue suit and the white the white shirt. Um, he was a few rows back with um, uh, another uh, an associate of his, Sean Root, who would also eventually uh, go to prison for the same weapons offences and for money laundering, would be convicted of money laundering offences. And I think um, his kind of prominence at that funeral uh, brought him to the attention of us and ultimately to the attention of the Gardaí. He, he, by all accounts, is somebody who had known uh, Thomas Bomber Kavanagh for a lifetime, had grown up not far away from him in, 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 in the Drimna area, but hadn't been, um, had probably operated if he if if you thought of it as a as a business he was probably what would be considered the chief operations officer of the multinational which was he was the guy who was making arrangements logistics planning and controlling um you know the 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 practicalities of the drug distribution business, and in more importantly, the practicalities of returning money back, um, to pay for the to pay for the cartel's operation. So he was standing in the background, um, in, in this funeral. There was, um, you know, it was definitely a who's who of of what was the Keenan cartel, but. This guy um, was there, was a a position of prominence, though he was again standing out of the limelight. And I think that was possibly that appearance was the beginning of the end for for Mr. Nobody, who would have become, I suppose, a Mr. Somebody in in the space of a few years. For sure. So he was put under surveillance and and those weapons, as I said, were seized in January of 2017. He was, uh, when he appeared in court, actually, he pleaded guilty. And that's when we started really learning bits about him. Now, this week, he has pleaded guilty to numerous money laundering um, charges. And it's really this week that we get a proper look into the lifestyle he led. Um, His wife, Deirdre Brady, who's 53, also pleaded guilty to a number of money laundering charges. And his girlfriend, Erica Lucas, who's 37 years of age. Now, Brady has been in the background 
desperately trying to settle up a case with the Criminal Assets Bureau. And he's been selling up some of his properties in order to settle the bill with them. So basically, if you come to the table with the, with the Criminal Assets Bureau, you can come to an arrangement and you can pay them and you don't have to suffer going years through court and being represented and all the rest of it. Some people choose to fight them. Some people choose to settle with them. And Brady is one of those that has chosen to settle uh, in an effort, I believe, to keep his girlfriend housed because they together were living in a very nice property in Wollston in Kildare which I visited uh, shortly after he had been conv- convicted with the weapons charges. It was a beautiful five-bed house um, in its, you know, detached in a very nice gated complex. Um, and it was one of many properties he had. I think it sold for 600000 that house. And another property he held in Fur House sold for 350000 Obviously, the mortgages would have to be settled on those before the cab got their money. Um, But in the meantime, his wife was living in another property, also in Kildare. Now, she um, has pleaded guilty, so we can discuss her involvement in this, which, albeit her lawyer said she she wasn't wittingly laundering money for a criminal gang. She didn't know she was doing it. But she appears to have been paying a mortgage for him on a property out in Mallorca, plus transferring funds into the account of Thomas Bomber Kavanagh in Spain. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, I think um, she, the court heard how she, in total, she she was laundered uh, €770,000. A certain amount of that went directly to to Thomas Bomber's account. Um, There was, I suppose, an explanation given in court that Although, you know, she didn't know the, the origins or the, the source of it. Um, however, there was, it was also stated in court that it was somebody, I suppose, unwitting or wittingly turning a blind eye to the, to the source of the income. Um, there was also 3000 a month being paid off on uh, the mortgage on uh, a property in Spain, in Mallorca, a holiday property. Um, where I think the 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 bomber the burn organized crime gangs key members all seem to have had properties in Mallorca and that seems to have been a, a you know their chosen getaway point, um so there was there was a huge amount of money um his uh, his mistress also um was uh, pled guilty to 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 laundering one hundred ninety six thousand in cash so it just shows you. And of course, when when Declan Brady was originally found, there was a total of more than two hundred thousand in cash found in in another property. Um, so you in the attic, in, in, I think, in shoe boxes it, that was stashed. Exactly. Away. So it's just you're just talking about a huge amount of money floating around, cash uh, everywhere, and people living, um, a, a, you know, a really really uh, extravagant life. Um, he of course. Uh, Living up to his nickname, I suppose, of Mr. Nobody, he was being very different in court than some of the, the organised crime figures we've seen down the years. He seems almost uh, humbled, nearly. Pled guilty very quickly. Um, none of the hysteronics of, you know, I'm an innocent man that you've seen 
figures like John Gilligan play down the years, none of the legal trickery to get try and get out of it. Um, so maybe living up to his, his low-profile name, but um, it does show you that this 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 guy who who operated, you know, genuinely under the radar um, mm. and was able to to function for a long, long time, still eventually his, his, his crimes have caught up with him. I mean, you can actually trace it a little bit with him because they suspect he was working for a bomber for at least 15 years, at least 15, maybe up to 20. But you can see the kind of lifestyle get more and more extravagant as the money is obviously getting more and more. And he's starting to buy up these properties, as we've spoken about. There's another property in Portugal, a holiday home, which they have. He has sold as well in order to try and settle his bill with the Criminal Assets Bureau. Um, the property in Calador, they've stopped paying the mortgage and the Spanish banks have seized it. Um, interestingly, that place in Mallorca, I was there a couple of years ago because I was investigating the murder of Trevor O'Neill, who you may remember was the council worker who was on holidays with his family in um, August of 2016. And he was in a resort called Costa de la Calma and was walking up the street one evening for dinner with the family. One of the children was in a buggy and the others were sort of holding hands with their mother. And he stopped to talk to a, a, a man that he had met who had been on the sa- in the same package resortism or whatever on the street. And with that, a gunman came out of nowhere, ran at them. The man he was speaking to, who turned out to be Jonathan Hutch, um, fled and ran down a small laneway and, and scaled the gates into a, into a villa. And the gunman turned to Trevor O'Neill and knowing police now suspect that he was not the target, he shot him anyway. A point blank range in front of his family. I mean, certainly the, one of the most tragic uh, and senseless killings of the... Of the of in Irish gangland history, but certainly of the the Hutchkinan feud. Um, so what appears is that there was there was somebody had from who's a, a member of Thomas Bomber Cavanagh's gang had spotted Jonathan Hutch, um, had sent the word to the to the gang that he was on the island. It was unexpected; they weren't tracing him. Somebody had just spotted him, and the Keenan cartel had had then. Uh, put in plan an operation to 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 have him to have him to have him killed, and um, because that was one of their little bases, that Mallorca area, and um, they managed to get access to a to a to a gun, um, and they managed to fly somebody in, um, uh, to carry out that murder, and um, of course it had a very tragic uh, outcome for uh, a man that had absolutely ended up being killed that had absolutely no involvement in any level of crime um, an absolutely senseless and horrific murder and his family have spoken out subsequently Trevor O'Neill's very moving way about the dreadful impact on his family um, but it just shows you the um, the even in, a, even in a foreign country away from their base in Ireland that these people had access to, to guns they had access to to foot soldiers to carry out these killings and uh you know it was that that was so 
while Declan Brady wasn't a, a suspect or a suspect of having any involvement, that became that that area, that Mallorca area, became a, a playground for for maybe the the the, the burn organised crime groups uh, holiday getaway. I mean, most definitely. Um, I remember I was I was told at the time that that bomber Kavanagh himself had an absolutely stunning uh, waterfront villa down in the Calador area, which is where. Brady's property was named to be as well. And uh, he holidayed there constantly. The Byrne organised crime group, headed up by Bomber Kavanagh, used the Balearic Islands actually to test out their drugs. Uh, in neighbouring Ibiza, they had, um, they're suspected of per- having purchased a number of pubs and clubs. And they used to, if they were, you know, if they had new deals, new ecstasy deals or whatever they had, they would try them out through the clubs there. Um, and it just shows, but but back to to Brady, the the point I was just making is that the greed really of this drug world that here he was a seemingly ordinary guy who started off working for Bomber Kavanagh, and as the years go on, it becomes normal to him to drop almost seventy k on a family wedding in the Dru- in Druids Glen, uh, who were I read. Uh, in the court copy, they paid twenty seven thousand uh, of that bill in cash in that hotel. Um, the bride, the bride threw her bouquet of flowers, and the bridesmaid who caught it was won a car. Um, and it was, you know, five star service for everybody invited. Brady had taken his mistress, a Hungarian woman, who uh, arrived over to this country. Erica Lucas, she arrived over here in 2007 and she was working in a petrol station um, and she met Brady. He came in and out of the petrol station. They met, got together, subsequently became lovers and, and have recently had a child together. But, you know, she's drawn into the world then too, of course, because here she is now having pled guilty to uh, money laundering charges and she too is facing a prison sentence as his his estranged wife. Um, he's already serving 11 years on those weapons charges, but presumably can can get even more time in prison. Yeah, I mean, it's it's at some point in in some time, it's, it's obviously hard to be very exact, but at some point in or around 2010, the, the broader Keenan cartel, um, sometime after Operation Shovel, when, the, when the, the Spanish police went in, subsequent to that, they seem to have experienced a Celtic tiger-like boom about 10 years after the, 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 the building boom in Ireland. And it's probably something equivalent where already they were a very, very successful operation, but all of a sudden they seem to have become absolutely awash with money. Um, they seem to have had uh, more money than they could, could uh, know what to do with it. And... Um, because there was obviously always a concern about about buying properties and stuff like that, they seem to have uh, gone on an extravagant spending spree um, because this is cash and it has to be, um, the, the quickest way to get rid of it is to spend it on stuff that, that doesn't leave a record. So you see these, um, these kind of extravagant uh, communions, birthdays, 40th birthdays, holidays, all of a sudden 
And, um, you know, these are gone from just from just incredibly extravagant events where people are being given Rolexes, you know, cars. And uh, Declan Brady seems to have absolutely got caught up in that in that lifestyle. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I suppose the the tale of the guy who who rented inflatable sumo suits and bouncy castles and, you know, foraged away working, driving, you know, around the country as a as a haulier and and running a transport company it doesn't wash anymore when you see that kind of money and that kind of property portfolio there's a big emphasis being put now on money laundering when it comes to fighting crime in this country there was 524 money laundering crimes last year and i think this year there's set to be more we're seeing more and more people come before the courts in high end organized crime on money laundering charges um, and it's certainly the way to hurt criminals is hit them in the pocket. Yes. So, I mean, I think it's there has been a, a change in focus as well for where at, at a certain point, um, if 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 uh, proceeds of crime ass, assets were coming to courts, it was always to do with properties and it was always to do with parcels of land. But increasingly now you're seeing... Um, uh, what what could be called discretionary spending is also featuring featuring where the guards are bringing cases based on somebody go spending twenty thousand on a family holiday, and um, all that sort of money is 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 now increasingly becoming a target of 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 guard profilers, um, and and Declan Brady just to to hear some of the. Uh, the spending on on a, on a on a family wedding like that that that's been a real source of downfall for him. Where I think at the time it was happening, and um, these guys felt that that would never become a feature. It was either you bought land and you were caught with that, or you weren't. You know, um. So he's going to be. Uh, I think he's fifty six now, if I'm right. Um. You know, he's facing another prison term for money laundering. He's already serving an eleven year sentence for for the for the arms find, which was. I think if you look back on the arms find, it was also another turning point where, you know, people really got a sense of not just that, that, you know, you sometimes see them yourself, Nicola, with the, uh, in the, you know, where you see these guns from the 1940s or whatever um, um, are seized by Gardaí. But you saw with, with these guys, this is a totally, this was a totally different type of thing. I mean, that's, the, the weaponry taken there was more akin to, something that would be run by a, a, a paramilitary organization. I mean it was really, really quite shocking that the, the level of, of the level of arms that were that, that these people had access to. And of course Declan Brady was the, the mastermind of that. But he'd be coming out of prison um you know as a maybe something close to being a pensioner. And and that that is also the other reality for these guys who rise to the top that you know, there is a low, what goes up must come down, you know. I was uh, talking to somebody there recently who said that the only thing Declan Brady has left to lose is his girlfriend. So hopefully the old phrase that absence makes the heart grow fonder works out for him. Indeed. Thank you very much, Niall. Thanks. From sundayworld.com, this is Crime World, produced by Ian Mullaney. Available online and on all podcast platforms. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review. And if you want to get in touch, check out our Facebook page, Crime World 
with Nicola Talent.